Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Gaming News Power Up Hour brought to you by Take the Studios. Today you have myself, Spencer. You have me, Dylan. And you have me, Josh. I hate this so much, it's not who they are. Okay, well, uh, now that we're through a bad entrance and intro music, uh, everybody, who is Josh and Lee and myself, Spencer, uh, we're going to start this podcast off with something we haven't done in a few weeks, which is the icebreaker, which is what games have we been playing lately? Um, I'll let you go first, Josh. Okay. Um, well, I recently, I'm, I'm obviously not going to say 76, because we've all been playing 76, Um trying to get back into Breath of the Wild because I never played the hardcore mode or any of the DLC. But other than that, um, Steam Frost is a game I bought on uh, well, Steam recently um, through a Steam gift card that Lee got me for my birthday that I finally spent. Uh, forever. Nice. Yeah, I, I was trying to decide. I was like, this is a big investment right now. i got to make sure I do the right thing. It's a whole uh, year-long ordeal. Not entirely, but I, I'm not doing math right now. I'm not doing that. Um, it's a, like a civilization kind of game. You're in an apocalyptic, uh, ice apocalyptic London, area, England area, and you're trying to build a new civilization, and it's built off of steam. you got to keep everyone warm, and you know that, that whole jazz of building a civilization. Nice. I love um, jazz. Yeah, it's my favorite, especially jazz fusion. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Good old Lee, you've been playing something very interesting on Steam I've seen recently. What all have you been playing? Uh, oh, well, the game I've got the most playtime with this week is uh, Ill Winter's Floor Plan Generator. Uh, but that's actually a piece of software. It's not even good. <laughs> uh, so so please actually tell me what that is. Okay, so it's actually a, uh, art, a tabletop RPG uh, map-making software that is available through Steam. Uh, every one of the other softwares I was looking at was between fifty and a hundred dollars, and this huh. is six ninety nine. And nice. I was like, okay, it's less than a Wendy's combo. So <laughs> how good could it really be? But also, how bad could it really be? Yeah. So I decided to give it a try, and uh, yeah, I um, I've printed like three hundred fifty sheets of paper in the last few days, so I got to kind of slow down on it. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's really good. Definitely recommend. And then, so you build f- four plans with this? Uh yeah. I actually I linked a PDF uh, in our Discord if you want to check that out. Earlier. I am going to check that out. Uh, but so it's a lot of fun. But the actual games that I've been playing lately are um, Pillars of Eternity Two, which I deeply apologize to on a podcast uh, or two ago. Um, the new turn-based combat, which I enjoy so, so, so much more, uh, and uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, the Definitive Edition. Um, Just going through doing classes that I've never done before because there's just a ton more to see on the games and stuff like that. So, yeah, old old games, but, you know, games I'm enjoying playing. Um, And, you know, games you already own are cheaper than games you don't. True. And um, uh, one thing I want to add, Lee, I would like you to later explain how this floor plan works because the PDF is a little confusing. Uh, It's because it's a multi-sheet PDF, which is exactly what I need. 
Uh, so it prints out on nine sheets of paper uh, in a specific order, and then you piece them together like a puzzle. That way you can get oversized uh, poster-sized prints at home without having to send them to Office Max or Staples or something like that and pay $30. That is fantastic. It's perfect for cheap people. Very, very awesome. I uh, playing... like the pentagram you put in the living room or the, the common area. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's actually a mage. It's a mage quarters. Hey, this is gaming related. Uh, <laughs> you know, tabletop games are real games too. I, I do wish everyone could see the four plan I'm witnessing right now. Um, apologies, can't. There is a puddle of blood near, I think, a couch and some coffins and some rocks. That's Boy, what I'm interpreting so far. I sure hope none of my players are listening. You're giving them explicit details <laughs> that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna. Not, you're just zapping the surprise right on out. This uh, actually looks like the European hostel is at in San Francisco <laughs> with the the blood and the trap. Yeah, dungeon. yeah uh, exactly. Was there a Nothic and like some goblins hanging around too? There were. Yeah, they checked me in. Oh, okay, fantastic, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Oh my god. Uh, podcast is about it's, it's going off the rails it's going off the rails real quick um well hey the best type of gaming in tabletop is those that are not on the rails to begin with so it's okay the, by the way true. we need to start our um our D soon yeah i i agree i actually now uh that i can make these i can export them to image files so that i can put them on roll 20 uh, so this will actually help us out in the future too okay th- this uh, picture you just texted me makes it make a lot more sense Right, but that's what it looks like together. But that is yeah. nine sheets of paper uh, put together, just to give wow. you an idea of scale. So another w- w- software was that? One more shout out. Ill Winter's Floor Plan Generator, available Sweet. for six ninety nine on Steam and wherever your Steam games are sold. Oh my god, that'd probably be Steam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been playing uh, some Starlink, Assassin's Creed Odyssey Heavy, trying to get through it, and then I was like, oh man, this it takes a long time and a lot of grinding to get to the points where you can get through the story more. Uh, so this is a very big game. I played some Smash Brothers since they released Piranha Plant. I've jumped back into Smash Brothers. Basically, I grinded the heck out of the story mode, which was 35 hours to complete it 100%, and uh, then I put it down. I was like, I want to pick up some other games, because that was 35 hours like practically in a row so um that's what i'm doing oh, that's that's screen, starlink and uh yeah a little bit more smash now and i'm going back to as lee said the cheapest game to the games you already own xenoblade chronicles x on the wii u i actually picked that up and started playing that again today i was like i'm gonna try to beat this in the next two weeks i know it's like 70 hours but i'm gonna try to grind this out i'm gonna see what i can accomplish so that's what i'm doing uh, but since we've gone through our icebreakers, that's all three of us, what games we've been playing, the unlucky soul this week that will take over what was formerly almost only my job is the, uh, 92nd gaming news rundown. We don't have a good name for it. We just basically get a minute and a half to run down the top stories that, uh, we probably won't be talking about on the podcast in detail, but we go through the top stories, uh, in like one or two lines today. It'll be Joshua. I forgot what name he gave himself in the beginning of the podcast, but... Well, I gave myself the name Dylan. Um, uh, I'm Lee, but I'm not. I'm Josh. Yeah. Next I week, I, I, I nominate Dylan, because you know how Dylan is so calculated in what he says, so he, he really like thinks through what he's going to say before he says it? I really want him to do this next week. Okay. Um, but you're going to do it this week. So, I'm going to start the timer, and it'll be your turn. Ready? All right. Let's see how many I can get through. Set... 
Alrighty, Subnautica, Below Zero hit early access this week, among it, uh, the best time sequel launch ever. Xbox Live went through a few hours, went down a few hours this week, caused a global apocalypse situation, many others were yelled at. First first party PlayStation devs now focus on PS5, looks like Last of Us is another swan song entry, Dr. Mario is now a mobile game, coming this summer, makes sense, looks like America will see healthcare soon, Piranha Plant joined... Smash Brothers fight for free, giving hope and light at the end of the tunnel for Birdo. Stay strong, Birdo. Hashtag SSB. GameStop no longer for sale, says old man at a yard sale. Stock plummets 25%. As a result of the stock plummeting, GameStop canceled tons of PS4 Pro KH3 consoles. Makes sense. Resident Evil 2 shipped 3 million copies this week. Nice Sony terminology. Is this success? Also, RE2 gets three free DLC episodes on February 15th, and it gives what-if scenarios to various minor NPCs. Also, 72% of players choose Leon on their first playthrough. Similar, uh, uh never mind. Uh, never mind. Uh, former head of Nintendo Indies, Damon Baker, becomes the head of Xbox Portfolio. Man, getting Indies on Switch sure was hard. Can I apply next? Have you seen my Steam library? Quite the portfolio. Apple wants to make a gaming streaming service. Great. Probably won't work. Usually never does. Metroid Ex Exodus will now launch exclusively on Epic Store, and for 10 bucks cheaper than it was selling on Steam. PS4 Spider-Man <sighs> added to Fantastic and Four. Ah, oh, crap. So you I actually, I actually want us to get through a couple more of these because uh, Spencer actually wrote some excellent self burns in these notes. So <laughs> I'm just gonna do one of those. Uh, so we're gonna go to here. Hey, the okay. Super Bowl is this weekend, so Fortnite added NFL skins, so Spencer bought a Buccaneer skin because it makes him feel like losing, and it's natural. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Oh, also, uh, oh. over 100,000 people signed up to get Shaggy into Mortal Kombat 11, but hey, guess what? He's actually in the game now in the alpha build now. And rip Wii Shop Channel December 10, 2006 to January 30, 2019. We will always remember your music and World of Goo. Yeah. Yeah, and then then I put some stuff in there about the GDC and fifty six percent of four thousand devs said PC was the preferred platform for gaming and Overwatch announced a new map, Paris, based on the French city named Paris. Uh neat. Yeah, oh, not cool. not based on the uh Orlando Bloom character from the movie Troy. Yeah, not based on the Texan city. I um, like how we give ourselves ninety seconds for this and then we just keep talking about it. We do Well we, do we that. should because these are always <laughs> the best stories. Well, now that Josh got through the the rundown, the gaming news rundown, we can start on our own few topics. And the first one that we have on the ducket is that the word ducket on the list on the list? I think you mean bucket or bucket on bucket docket 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 Dotson Dotson we've got Dotson here. So basically, well, Metroid... this, this first one uh, just so everybody can prepare. This is an absolute. This is a prime story. It it is a god. Metroid Prime 4. Uh, oh, I get was, it now. Yeah, it was restarted. Uh, essentially, Nintendo gave a, an, an uh, indirect um, announcement uh, instead of a Nintendo Direct, They gave, which everyone was like, oh, we're going to see Metroid, we're going to see Animal Crossing, whatever. They gave us a little video saying, hey, uh, so we've seen what they've done with Metroid, and we really don't think they can even fix it. It's so bad that we just need to scrap it and start over from scratch. And we've brought in Retro Studios, who made Metroid Prime 1 through 3. Uh, we brought them in to save it, even though they were working on either Donkey Kong Country... Um, Reboot 3, or they were working on some rumored Star Fox racing game, which sounds awful. Um, well, look, look, here's here's the thing, here's the thing. Um, 
I know everybody's waiting for, you know, Samus Returns, uh, or I mean, Samus to return, and like they're they're you know they're Metroid Prime hunters and what they're looking for. But the thing of it is, they don't want a game that just has echoes of past games, and they have to start this over to get rid of the corruption because they don't just want a fusion of a good game and a bad game. They want a Super Metroid game. <laughs> I was hoping you know <laughs> when I kept hearing, I was like, I hope he finishes on Super Metroid because that's just the uh, okay. You just named oh, God dang. It. Okay, so <laughs> is this yeah. wait? I didn't know Metroid was also the Kingdom Hearts series. How many games of Metroid are there? <laughs> the only one I ever played was Metroid Prime and that one that was on the Game Boy Color. Yeah, Metroid Prime Fusion or Metroid Fusion. Um, anyway, uh, so with this one, it upset some people, but overall, it felt like there was a lot of people that were happy that they were told what was going on, and it brought to light this transparency that doesn't really exist in the gaming world. I mean, in a in a gaming world full of Fortnite lawsuits and you know the Fallout seventy six issues and shipped not sold numbers like we saw in the rundown um and the fact that we don't have any accurate sales data except for what we're given from the company that would of course tell us their sales are great and npd which is a tracking not even super accurate but it's the most accurate tracking we have of physical sales like there's not yeah. a lot of transparency no, we're guessing no that about shipped, a lot of that stuff. ship thing is is so dis like so deceptive yeah I uh, hate because it. i don't know I don't know if everybody remembers back when uh, this little band called Guns N' Roses, who wasn't Guns N' Roses anymore, uh, it was just basically Axl Rose, they came out with an album that was called Chinese Democracy. So it became a gold album the day that it came out. And the reason they did is because it was, I think it was exclusive to Best Buy at the time and stuff. And they counted every copy that Best Buy bought from them to sell as a sale. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure we still have some of those CDs actually sitting on our shelves at Best Buy, even though we don't sell CDs anymore. So I don't think that's exactly an accurate metric. Right. Yep. I I completely agree. Uh, There's just a lot of lack of transparency in the industry itself. And so you look at Metroid Prime 4 and what they did, and it's like, all right, that's gutsy. And you're practically declaring to the entire world, hey, Guess what? This is going to get delayed, and Metroid Prime 4 may be one of the last games you play on the Switch. Like That's how far back this thing could get delayed. But wow. it was important. It's important that they didn't just ship a game that wasn't going to be good. Like it's a game they didn't believe could ship good, because Nintendo is not a, uh, a game company that will take a major franchise that people wait on for years and ship it and then fix it over time. Cause I know people What's our over-under that it still comes out before the next Elder Scrolls game? I take that bet under like it's it totally will it totally will. Um, you think it'll come out before? Yeah, I think it will. Gotcha. Uh, which I mean, that's because they still have a lot of like assets probably weren't bad. Like they still have a lot of assets they can probably use, and so they just have to build the game itself from the ground up. Unless they want to go with a different art style, don't really know. I don't really know what they're gonna do with it. Like I said, transparency is an issue in gaming, so we really don't know what is you know uh, gonna get restarted. What can you get reused? And see, in, in this era, like I have to applaud them because even though. It is somewhat of a fuck up that they even have to start over from the beginning and in the first place because of like everything. The honesty and the transparency on that, I'm gonna say I have to applaud because they could have easily just tacked on some kind of like crappy multiplayer and thrown in some loot boxes and called it a day. 
They and because have. it says Metroid on it and it's on the Switch, it would have still sold Gangbusters. Yeah, uh, we were looking at Metroid Prime 4. probably wouldn't have been the best-selling Metroid game, period, ever. Because the Switch is really popular. People seem to have more affinity for Samus and Metroid now than they did. Because Metroid's never been a key player. Like, if you look at their, you know, big three right now, and, and for the last ten years, it's been Donkey Kong, uh, Zelda, and Mario. Um, so, um, and then I guess you could say Pokemon instead of Do- uh, Donkey Kong, but uh, that Metroid's never really broken free of that, but they keep giving it goes, kind of like Star Fox. Uh, they keep giving wow. it goes um, and uh, keep giving it investments, and this is a big investment because if they really start over from scratch, I don't see how they can make their money back, but they're willing to sacrifice the profits for making sure they don't have too many uh, chinks in you know Samus's armor. Too many failures in that franchise. Yeah, especially with like I don't know because I, I loved Metroid Prime. I, I think the whole like you know Samus's character's cool. Like there's a lot of cool lore with it and stuff. I know she's never been like the same level as Link and Mario and you know all those kind of yeah. characters and stuff like that. But I like the fact that Nintendo is actually willing to still give Samus her due. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I got to applaud him for that. Um, yeah. but... Where's my F-Zero? Yeah. Oi. <laughs> anyway. what, that, what a good contribution. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one wants F-Zero. <laughs> All right. That... Before you start taking this podcast and throwing it in the trash, uh, Josh, do you have any thoughts on what the gaming industry, their transparency, and what Nintendo did here with Metroid? No. Okay. Okay. That was quick. Good answer. It's almost like that was a joke answer, but was it? I I, I don't follow Metroid too much. Um, I enjoyed two games. I actually did. One of them was the other M. I know a lot of people hated that one. I love the other M. I enjoyed that one. Uh, I thought it was you know pretty creative. Um, And Metroid Prime Three is dope. But other than that, I've never had too much of a care for Samus, other than she's dope in Smash Brothers, and I play her almost all the time. Yeah, I like I like both Samuses in there actually. So. Zero suit and regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, well, Josh, since you hate uh, Metroid and transparency, what about GameStop? Do you hate GameStop? Do you hope they they fail? I no, no I mean, well, they're what? Well, no, I, I don't. I, I don't hope they fail. They, however, do. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't want that. However, I, I, I don't necessarily like what they do to the gaming industry. They, they kind of do hurt sales because of the whole reselling. Reselling games in general really does hurt developers. Yes. It, you know, makes your prices stay up. It, it, like our podcast last week that we talked about for an hour, gaming prices and them needing to find any way to make some extra revenue. Game reselling really is something that kind of forces that to happen too. Uh, yeah, yeah and, you, and you've seen what has happened when they decided uh, they were like last month it was well we really need to find a buyer and everyone's like well this person this person and these different people may be the buyers and then earlier this week they said nope we don't need a buyer and their stocks tanked um, tanked is in dropped 25% but when your stocks were only worth $15 a piece in the first place then when they drop down to eleven dollars, that's a big deal because you were yeah. already pretty how much, cheap. How much is it, does it cost to buy a GameStop? And <laughs> if you use your power up rewards, is it cheaper? <laughs> I believe they'll start offering that. They they must start offering that. Um, one big thing with 
with uh, with GameStop is that, that I think digital sales obviously hurt. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people don't want that practice of I'm going to go in here and save $5 for a used game. Or guess what? You know what? I'll splurge. Take care of myself. Treat yourself. 2019. And I will buy this game brand new, sir. And they reach into their uh, their cupboard of discs. They're covered of compact discs. And uh, they grab you a game out and put it in the case. Like, I wanted a new one. <laughs> what is this garbage? Uh, our local GameStop keeps the one on the shelf, like a cover of it. And then they yeah. give you a new one from behind the counter that's wrapped. Yeah, and that I does think happen. I sometimes. think that's a practice that they could have done better. Yeah, yeah, but but that is not a normal practice. Like you hear people from all no, over the place. No, I know, I know they still do it too. And it's always been like, how do I know you didn't just put a used one in here? Yeah, um, because know, I've had several friends at GameStop, and they just get to take the games home, play them early, um, and then bring them back. And it's like, well, they don't have any used games. They get to take the new ones home because they're going to be not in the cases anyway and it's like well this is that's a little garbage not only that but the fact that used games do hurt the sales of regular games the the most garbage thing uh that i will say and it's it's been common at every GameStop. it's kind of like a an open secret is the whole you walk in you know that there's a rare collectible and you know this particular GameStop has it it's something you're looking for website yep. says it all the you know you walk in and uh you ask, hey, you know, where's such and such? Let's say a diva Nendroid figure, and they say, oh yeah, it's on hold. What does on hold mean? You ask, and they say, ah, uh, yeah, it's it's on hold. It's like, so does that mean that someone's already bought it and paid for it? Because I'm here to buy and pay for it. Yeah, it's on <laughs> hold. So in other words, I'm holding it for me until payday, or I'm holding it for a friend who comes in. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's not a one-off thing. It's literally every GameStop. Um, that, that's yeah. a problem. And I actually have friends, you know, uh, you know former co-work, like workers uh, who did work there and stuff. And they uh, they say, yeah, that's, that's a pretty bad thing that they kind of get yelled at for doing because it does tarnish the image. And, yeah. you know, it's just kind of one of those things. Now, with what you guys said earlier about... Say there's no used games, there's only new ones, and the employees want to play it, and they take home the new copy, and then they bring it back, and they have to sell it as used. Is that a company, like an internally endorsed policy, or is that something that like managers oh, and when employees when they bring it back, they don't, have to play, they don't have to sell it as used. They can sell it as new, because mm-hmm. none of their they new games are in the cases. It's not stealing, uh, okay. it's borrowing for an indeterminate amount of time. Okay, and that is that accepted as like a, a company-wide policy, or is that just some sketchy stuff going on? It's an open secret. It's an yeah. open secret. Oh, okay. Open, yeah, like they know it. They they know they do that. It's and just kind of like it's it's a policy um, that Best Buy keeps all the best things that they sell on Amazon that you've heard of in the back, um, <laughs> and we don't like to give those to people. So part of the stuff that Best Buy employees are required to do is if someone comes and asks for something like um, an HDMI to USB converter for an old TV, because uh, that 100% exists, <laughs> you can go HDMI to USB. We keep a lot of those in the back. Um, yeah. And you have to know the password uh, to be able to get there. But it does involve a riddle. So you just need to ask the associate, tell me the riddle of the Minotaur, uh, and we we have to give it to you. Um, and if you answer it right, we, we will in fact give you the HDMI to USB. But if you get it wrong, we do cut you in half of the battle axe. So kind of like your mileage may vary. I would just make sure you're good at riddles. 
Oh, it's like God. how you guys also make all the cables in the back, like oh, yeah. a certain length of cable. Yeah, oh, can you just go to the back and make that for me? Shoot, there's just a pile of cables back there and a bunch of ends. There's just a dude like with a with a razor blade and a soldering iron. We just, we just <laughs> make them all, throw them out on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've gone over um, what we think <laughs> of GameStop practices. How do you fix it? Can you fix it? Does it need to be fixed? Does it need to just let it? Do we just need to let the company go? Free market will decide. That's always my argument. Is it this generation's blockbuster and um, and uh, movie gallery? Is it is I, it the end of an era? Because um, I don't even think don't it's this generation's. I think it's still last generation's. I think that's their problem. Is yeah. like GameStop is is a ghost. Uh, it is it has already died, and it is just lingering around to haunt the gaming industry. Yeah, I think I. Personally, want the rise of replays. I want GameStop to die and replays to take over. And for those who are unaware, replays are like three stores, I think, and they exist only an hour part of Alabama. And I want them to take over down. the entire world. Oh, never mind, two. two. Yeah. You must have had uh, you must have more fond memories of the replays in Aniston than I do, <laughs> because the last time I was there, there was a girl with purple hair, and she was blowing her boyfriend in the back room. Oh. With the door open, so that's how I know that. Well, uh, that makes sense. So what, yeah, the one in Anderson, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The one with the green bars on the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh-huh. good. The only time I've ever on like for my own sake gone into a replays is because I won a Smash Brothers tournament that they said it was there was a cash prize. It wasn't. It was a replays coupon. Replace cash. That's <laughs> why was. I went in there. It was. It was. Totally oh. was. He got a Wii controller that was like a pro controller for the Wii that plugged into the bottom of a nunchuck. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so... It was nice. Up. I like that controller, though. It was, it's it was a really useful. nice controller, yeah. Um, so it's anyway. too bad the Wii shop shut down, so you can't even use the <laughs> controller anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. So, uh, GameStop. I am for just let it die. Just let it die, because I don't know what you could do to it besides convert them all into Think Geeks. That's the only way it has a chance yep. to survive. And that would cost so much money, I'm not sure if it would even work its way out. What do you guys think? I like Okay, so GameStop could go the way of Blockbuster, or they could go the way of Netflix. Uh, Netflix, for all you kids at home, uh, used to be something other than a digital platform that you would put on when you have the sex with one another. Uh, it used to actually <sighs> mail you in the United States Postal oh, Service that. discs. Yeah. And you would take those discs, and you would put them in a machine... And you would watch them, and then you would take them out uh, and mail them back and things. Uh, it was, you know, like that. But obviously, they're a little bit different now. They changed their image. They updated to be modern and stuff like that. So I wonder, with the rise of, you know, uh, you know, the Epic Game Store and the Discord Game Store and stuff like that, why is GameStop not just, you know, turned... They do pretty well with their collectibles in my area. Like, most of the GameStops have more collectibles than they do games. Um, games. Yeah. Why not just go to a digital distribution platform uh, for games and then sell collectibles in storefronts <laughs> or just go to an online, uh, you know, type model? Where Well, I, well does Gamefly exist anymore? Yeah, that was the same they thing with the Netflix. Exist, and, yeah. they, they do. I don't, I don't hear anyone talk about them anymore, so I don't know. Yeah. They pay for I don't know if that would work somewhere, out. but not here, so I guess we won't talk about them. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know how beneficial it'd be if GameStop went that route. 
I'm just saying, like, you know, they they had. I think the train is left. What I'm saying is they could have done that. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, I don't because... know that now. Like, I don't know if it's too far, but I know that. Like, okay, because let's let's be real here. Uh, do you think it costs more money to have a digital storefront or to actually have all these buildings up in uh, strip malls across America? And well, I would I would say it's probably more expensive to to run the servers than it is to pay their people because they don't pay their people anything. <laughs> um, like, unfortunately, uh, now I know this because I actually this is a funny story. A couple years ago, I applied and I was you know applying to be a general manager of a, of a local GameStop. Yeah. Uh, and once I got into everything and looked at the fine print and the it came down to the here's here's where we talk about money conversation. I actually would have been taking a two dollar an hour pay cut. Wow. To become a general manager. Yeah, um, I've got I've got friends that that work uh, as managers at GameStops, and it's not cool. And it's like, are you are you serious? Like, uh, wait, this is this is closing the loan. Yeah, I was like, this is you know, this is the people who handle the money at the end of the night, right? Like, there's a chance of robbery, and you're alone, right? This is locking this door, right? And it's this price, uh, yes. <laughs> no. That's literally how that conversation went. I was like, there's there's no way. Speaking of no way, I don't have a transition to go to our next topic. But Lee, would you like to carry it out? Uh, yeah, I can actually go there. So um, come to find out, uh, certain games uh, are red dead on arrival for some people. Because mm-hmm. it turns out that a lot of the people that buy games on PlayStation and other things... Uh, don't finish the games. In fact, Red Dead Redemption 2's completion rate is only 22%. And that's not 100% uh, completion. That's just story completion. That's just story completion. Um, so I got to say, that's a little bit, you know, crazy. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, like the old joke used to be, uh, oh, you buy all the games on the Steam sale and then you never play them. Uh, the thing of it is, at least on a Steam sale, you didn't pay full price. Uh, I doubt anybody's gotten Red Dead Redemption 2 at this point for, um, you know, like 5 or $10. Yep. So, um, yeah. yeah I'll, let me run down the, the list the, uh, from Game Revolution that had an article about it. Uh, let me just go through the list of games and their completion percentages just based on the story. Red Dead Redemption 2 sits at 22%. Spider-Man on PS4 sits at 50.3%. God of War is 53.6%. Far Cry 5, which was one of my games of the year, 35.8%. Dead Cells, 15%, which is it's a hard platformer. It's not really a story-based game. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 24.6%. Persona 5, 34.8%. And that's one of the most highly regarded PlayStation exclusives, period, ever. Um, Yakuza Kiwami 2, 49.1%. Uncharted 4. That's a real game? Scene. What? It, it, that was a real game. Uncharted huh. 4, the best one, uh, is 41.7%. Detroit Become Human, 61.7%. Darksiders 3, 37.9%. That means the 10 people that bought it, only like 4 people beat it. Uh, and Crash Bandicoot, which sold like gangbusters. It sold so well. It was one of the best-selling PlayStation exclusives, period. 12.6% of them were completed. Just a story. Just a story. Wow. But then again, I think a lot of people looked at the game with nostalgic glasses. How long can you really run through the same games that you probably already played a couple years ago and, you know, again, with the same kind of 
control and the same and you know and it's crash like i don't think people really remember playing crash it's kind of like battle toads when people like see phil spencer up there and he talks about battle toads and like he's oh, like yeah. this he's like the shasta cola of platformers <laughs> he the battle toads is awful and people don't remember it crash bandicoot was awful and people don't want to remember that um, but what do you guys think? Like these are all pr- primarily besides the tacked on uh, online stuff for Red Dead Two, which they purposely, purposely delayed it by almost two months so that you would have enough time to beat the main story. They purposely left off a huge selling feature and let it possibly die down before it launched because they wanted you to finish the single player, and twenty two percent of players beat the main story. I, I think game companies need to stop trying to force their will onto anyone and the, the gamers want what they want like i typically don't buy any game for story if it has a story i usually don't complete it i like games that essentially don't have much of an end like with 76 oh. i primarily play that and, you know we play together i just play for the experience um the game i'm playing now you know it's a civilization type game it's an, essentially an endless game true that's right. how i like my games because story is fun sometimes i'll complete stories but that's not why I play a game. That's why I watch a movie. Well, also that's with, an interesting take. All right. Even with uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, the completion rate only being twenty two percent, that's still more people that that uh, than completed the story on Fallout seventy six. Yeah. So I don't really know what they're worried about. <laughs> um. Yeah. So basically, I play for story. Um, when I play for story, it can't be an open world game. I believe open world games yeah. are broken for strong stories. They need to have yeah. strong side stories, but I can't name an open world game that had a very compelling, super strong main story unless there was somehow where I could complete all the side missions without doing any of the main missions and do the main missions last and do them all in order. I think it's, it's, it's called it's called near. Anyway, um, so one thing my, I, I, that is an open world, I would like to this out there breath of the wild it had tons of side stuff completely open world and i did play that completely for the story and the experience they actually knew how to bring all of that together which they built the experience like the environment yeah. the music all of it was cohesive together i've never played anything that did anything like what breath of the wild did so i don't like to count that in my thing about like because because i mean obviously link doesn't speak he still doesn't speak i mean you have voice yeah. actors because everyone else speaks now but link doesn't and you have the silent protagonist and you have stories that are unveiled through side missions and through exploring but you can technically just go out there and grind a bunch of good gear and go after ganondorf from the beginning yeah. makes it well really hard. i'm gonna okay so so here's my thing i, I think game companies if they're going to do open world and they're going to do multi-choice and role-playing and stuff like that, they, they have to come to understand that there is a difference in a, in a story and a narrative. Uh, I think the reason you guys like Breath of the Wild is because it has a narrative of what happens. However, you as the player ultimately get to make the choices. And, and that's the difference. When you have an open world game, quote-unquote, like Red Dead Redemption 2, there's still a finite and there are still specific ways in which you can advance the story. Am I correct? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. You it, can't it, it, completely it, it, change the game by doing true. something. Different. There's no choices in Red Dead Two. Yeah. Is is there like a nuclear, an undetonated, you know, nuclear bomb when the times in Red Dead Redemption Two, <laughs> like detonate or something like that? I, I'm just, I'm being no. silly with you. 
There's no mean old man greeting with a sniper rifle asking me why I don't get more visitors while a sniper rifle is in my face. Right, right. So, yeah, that's that's the whole thing there is it's like, you know, certain open world games care more about a narrative than they do a story. If you have a story to tell, then I don't think open world works that well with that because ultimately, no matter what the players want to do, they will have to get back into your story. Um, a narrative is similar to what happens in you know Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, games like that, and you know really good games like Breath of the Wild, where a a narrative is almost like a narrator saying, "Hey, this is what's occurring here. There's a bright sunny day. There's a guy with a sword. You, as the player, then make the choice of what that person does. Now, ultimately, it still does come back to an overall, you know, uh, na- like you know story." points uh at things but i think that's the whole thing with with open world is you know there are ways to do very big worlds that are like different sections and stuff that aren't necessarily open world um but if you're going to have an open world i I don't think you need to have you know like a cast of 500 voice actors that have all been on the cw before you know something like that to where you're like Basically, you you have like a famous person waiting at one saloon just in case the protagonist may happen to come over there and you know talk to them or something like that. You, you kind of have to change the way you write it, and I feel like that's one thing that games still kind of need to work on a little bit. They're getting better; they're definitely getting better. But I heard more people talk about how much they love you know the new God of War game than a lot of other games that are open world and stuff like that because God of War, if I'm not mistaken, isn't technically an open world game. Nah, it's like an open hub more than anything. Right, right. So, and that's the thing is, you know, God of War, you liked God of War and Far Cry 5, but they're both very different games. Um, I would say Far Cry 5 probably has a narrative, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not the most story-focused thing, and I'm just saying that because I played Far Cry 3 and 4. And you could literally do a million other things and then be all like, what's this marker? Oh, that's a quest, the main quest. Oh, I forgot about that. And and here's the thing that I've noticed. So sometimes you get hurt by letting people explore an open world right from the get-go. Um, right. The, the way Red Dead Redemption 2 worked is, besides one small chunk of the map, I was able to explore the whole world from the get-go and notice there's not a whole lot here. And there really isn't a whole lot until your gang decides to travel to different parts of the map, unlocking different areas and more stories involving more cities. And so I'm like, well, this is a really big, empty world that's just, I mean, it's neat. It has people that are going from place to place. So is Assassin's Creed, but Assassin's Creed is littered with things to do everywhere. Um, so with Red Dead, I mean, there's that. Spider-Man's open world, really beautiful, great city. Not much to do besides collect things, so it doesn't distract you from the main story at hand. God of War, open hub, not really open world. Far Cry 5, it's open world. There's a section of the map I didn't do until the very end, until I had to, because I hated dealing with the wolves and this guy that controlled wolves, and it was just awful. Uh, I hated that section of the map, and if I had been forced to it through a linear story, and it's like, alright, well, this is going to lead to something better, it better lead to something better, um, then I probably, like, I can see why people would have quit. However, I did complete. I didn't complete Red Dead. I completed Spider-Man, completed God of War, completed Far Cry 5. Didn't beat Dead Cells, but it's a hard platformer. Assassin's Creed Odyssey I'm working on right now. 
50 hours in and I still can't access the whole map. Like, there's still places that are too high rank, high level for me, which is weird, but nice. Didn't play Persona, didn't play Yakuza. Uncharted 4 was great. It was big set pieces in a linear fashion of the story, not an open world, uh, but the set pieces made you feel like this is kind of an open world, but it really wasn't because you never went backwards. If you have no way to go backwards, then what's the point? Um, which is right. great. That's perfect for Uncharted. Detroit was literally like point-and-click adventure. There wasn't really much to do. Darksiders 3 didn't play, and Crash Bandicoot, why would I? Um, so just, uh, I was just running down the games there, how I think of like well, some see, games you make guys, up a world. You brought up Breath of the World, though, with, with our story versus narrative thing a minute ago, too, actually. I was just thinking, uh, you know, that's I feel like one of the reasons for the fondness of a game like you know Skyrim and stuff is <laughs> I had a playthrough, one of my many playthroughs um, that I was between fifty and a hundred hours into this playthrough, uh, and it was you know one of my favorite characters I ever had, and I was having a blast and stuff, and I was walking from place to place, and I I started to notice I was like, that's weird, I haven't really noticed many dragons lately. <laughs> And I looked at my quest log, and I realized I literally never went to Whiterun, and I never went back to Bleak Falls Barrow because I decided to skip it that time. So I had never advanced the main quest in between 50 and 100 hours. My first playthrough was like... Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. So I did that, and it was like, there's dragons in this game, too? (laughs) Wow. You know... But, like, I think that's why people have such a fondness for games like that, you know. But then I have a friend who's already played through the Resident Evil 2 remake, I think, seven times. Yeah, it's like an eight-hour game. screenshots for it. But, I mean, it's cool. Everybody's different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just depends. So, really, the the completion percentages is weird. It's hard to really get the metrics on it uh, because we all want something different out of the game. Josh doesn't care about the story. more cares about the gameplay itself. Um, I know when I play a game for the story, like, I will go beat Red Dead 2, but the fact that it was so open world with not a lot in it killed it for me, like, the momentum of it. So, I know I'll go back and finish it. I just don't want to right now because there's other games. Um, and I, I play a game until I am either completely tired of it and i never want to touch it again yeah or until i am i'll say uh emotionally fulfilled uh with the game yeah and that's fine um, i mean as long as you I feel like you get your money's worth like near i was that way with uh i was that way with metal gear solid the phantom pain i was like okay uh i got to a point where i was like wow that was a lot uh okay i'm done that's <laughs> it like, I, I won't feel these same emotions again because I know it's coming. So I just turn them off and don't play them again. Neat. So I get I get my moments I, I want, and that, that's it for me. Yeah, so that is our discussions for the day. Um, we went over, of course, the GameStop failures, Metroid Prime Forward getting delayed, and we finished it off with uh, the single-player percentages. And does it matter in... How do we decipher it? So we basically ended with a, a conversation that can't be finished or completed because it's like, well, there's nothing really we can say about it. But I would like to invite everyone into the worst part of the podcast, the negative zone. Um, you know what? I'm, I, I'm actually, I'm good. I don't, I don't have anything bad to say. Are you good? Are you good, Josh? I, I'm, I'm pretty good. Wow. All right, we don't have anything negative. There's what? no Dylan Wait a minute. To, to yell about EA. It, yeah, yeah, without Dylan, like, this is not a lot of anger right now. Yeah, oh I did. Wait a minute, I'm here. Hold up. I gotta be mad about something. Let me think. 
Uh, I'm still mad they shut the Wii shop down, but not really because I don't true, have a yeah. Wii anymore. Uh, you know, um, like I still want more content for 76, but I'm kind of cool with it. I mean, you know, they do their thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm mad Fortnite still exists, but like it's you know like old man yells at cloud meme, like it's not really going away, so I don't really care. I'm mad that I keep getting um, these ads for these really addictive mobile games on Instagram, and then I download them and play them for like five minutes, and then forget to delete them. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad about oh, that. Oh, oh my god! Uh, going back to our icebreaker of games you've been playing lately and stuff like that, I forgot to mention a mobile game I've actually been playing. Um, it's called it's called Idle Champions. It's uh, it's just a it's a phone clicker game, and it's based on the Dungeons and Dragons lore. Hmm. Um, it's actually fun. I I actually just have fun reading the little story and looking at the characters and just you know having it sit there as I'm bored at work and stuff like that in the background. Hmm. What a so. what a weird negative zone we just had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No man, I'm I'm good. Like it All just right. you know. Well, we didn't talk about EA, so I didn't have anything to get mad about. That That is great. Thank you guys for joining us for this podcast today. Um, it is short and sweet. We'll have more on the next one. We didn't have Dylan. We cut some stuff down. We're all tired. Some of us have to get up early in the morning. Um, but we are glad that you tuned in for us, uh, tuned in to listen to us, and didn't turn this podcast off until the end, because that means you're going to help our metrics. And metrics are important. Also, what's important is to like this podcast, rate it a high rating, please, if you will, on iTunes. Uh, Share this podcast. Comment on the podcast. Let people know about the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. It's important for our growth. Uh, We don't want to be stuck at 50 Canadians and one Chilean resident. Um, So please let people know. Even though you guys are great. You are great. Especially you from Chile. Shout out to one. I, yeah. God, if that's the name, you're going to be so freaked out right now. He's going to be so freaked out. Uh, anyways, my, name, <laughs> my name is Spencer. You can find me on all social media at SYCO1316. Uh, I uh, am a lich named Lee. You can find me on everything at a lich named Lee. Currently. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> I First, before I give out my info, I am really happy that for this entire podcast, up until the very end, I did not hit my mic. Until a few seconds ago, I always hit my mic constantly because I'm always moving my hands. Even when I'm not talking, I'm moving my hands. I really don't know why. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter at jshoemakerdev, and that's the only thing I'm going to give you. And uh, collectively on all social medias, you can find us on uh, find us at Take the Studios, and you can find us on youtubecom slash Studios for any gaming videos for charity. And of course, like always, please let people know we're here. We're here in your phone. Let us out. We'll let people listen to us. Thank you. Yeah. And goodbye. Are you done recording?